I'm beginning, I'm beginning to like that song. I know it's been around for a long time, but I like that Halloween score song. It's something that's very uh, haunting by it, I guess you might say. I just like to play that song during Halloween. But anyway, welcome to my Halloween review, a.k.a. Dirk's Halloween review. I finally sat down and watched the 1978 Halloween movie after being shamed I'm not ever watching it by Shaheen from Breaking the Apocalypse. Now that I think about it, I wish I uh, told Bishop O'Brien first because I told him I'd never seen Halloween. He was just as shocked. There's a lot of movies I've never seen during Halloween, which is weird because I've seen Friday the 13th. I'm sorry. Let me start over. I seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and 3 
but I've never seen the first one. Maybe I'll watch that next. Never seen the 1992 Candyman. I'll watch that eventually. Maybe I, I might review that one too. Who knows? That's my mission in Halloween this month of October. Watch all the scary movies I had never seen before. I might watch Candyman, then I watch the new Candyman. I hear good things about that, or mixed reviews, depends who you talk to. But I do want to watch that movie, Candyman. But I got to watch the 1992 one first before I watch the uh, the latest one that uh, John Draper and the rest of the guys reviewed. I'm not sure uh, Shaheen watched it. I know Bishow watched it. They said, John and Bishow said they liked it. So I'm intrigued by it. I've seen clips of it on the uh, on on YouTube, which I shouldn't have done, but I just wanted to see it. Just really wanted to see it. But anyway, Halloween, 1978. I just felt kind of left out because I've never seen the 1978 Halloween. Of course, they had to have uh, 10,000 other Halloweens. Halloween 2, Halloween 3. I'm not sure if I want to see Halloween 2. I know some people like Halloween 2. My cousin said he didn't like Halloween 2. He said skip Halloween 2 and go to Halloween 3. You know what? I remember when Halloween 3 came out. And that movie was very polarizing. I only saw maybe the beginning of Halloween 3. And I remember the kid putting on the mask and... uh, I guess he starts getting migraines and he's trying to get the mask off and then he just dies, falls to the ground and you see all these bugs and snakes come out of it. I said, ooh. Made my skin crawl, but for some reason, I gotta watch that again. Turn off all the lights. That's how I watched this first Halloween movie. The 1978 version, that is. I just turned all the lights off. Watched it around 1 o'clock in the morning. That's the best way to watch a scary movie. Almost freaked myself out. Because I can appreciate Halloween. I gotta say. I guess you might say the wait was worth it. Because I really enjoyed this Halloween movie. Maybe fall in love with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she was a cutie. She was cute back then, 1978. And she's still young. At least young to me. I don't know if she was only, I think, what is she, 62? I know a lot of people think that's old, but I'm old myself, so... Still looks good for her age. She really does. Especially with the short hair. She's got that short spike hairdo now. Gray. Really enjoy it. Really enjoy that. So here we go. 1978 Halloween. I like this movie because apparently it takes place in Illinois. And I was raised in Illinois. Let me get into this. It starts with... uh, can't say a, a kid Michael Myers but you see through the eyes of a kid Michael Myers you know I guess he sees uh, his sister and her boyfriend going upstairs and making out and it looks like he's just going around the corner and then to the side door and it looks like that side door is already open no door no nothing just goes upstairs he waits till the boyfriend leaves after his sister's done making out he leaves and he goes upstairs and just, just stabs his sister violently. I mean, really violently. Then he just 
calmly walks downstairs and his parents pull up. Parents take the mask off and they say, and they both say, Michael, Michael. And you see the kid's face, it's just, just a blank expression. I'm thinking, oh boy, this kid is disturbed. Really, really disturbed. And then they fast forward and you see Dr. Loomis and his helper, a nurse of some sort. You know what I gotta say? Is is the last name Loomis really popular along slasher movies? Because there's a there's a of course there's a Dr. Loomis in this movie. And there's a Loomis in Psycho 2. And isn't there a Loomis in the movie Scream? So there's like a generation of Loomises around, isn't it? Now we have a Loomis in wrestling, but I don't count that. Dexter Loomis, but anyway. Just thought about that. There is a lot of Loomises around here. A lot of Loomises and slasher movies. So Dr. Loomis and his assistant were driving to pick up Michael Myers, I guess, for a hearing. And Dr. Loomis is is hoping he doesn't get out. And of course, the nurse doesn't like uh, Dr. Loomis's attitude and tone. And they pull up to the sanitarium, and they notice a lot of patients are outside, and they're kind of surprised that they let patients roam. Dr. Loomis gets out of the car, and uh, the nurse is waiting in the car, and it looks like Michael Myers is trying to break into the car, tries to get the nurse to get out of the car. She finally gets out of the car, and he just... Michael Myers just drives off and goes back to his home, which happens to be in, how do do they pronounce that? Hattieford, Illinois. I know it's a fictional town. Easy for me to pronounce. Let's see here. Or Haddon, or Haddonfield. Haddonfield, Illinois. Okay. The fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. See, I can't even say the can't even say the city. You know it's supposed to be fictional. But anyway, it's of course it's Halloween night, or Halloween day anyway, in 1978. We see Lori, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, just walking to school. And she picks the key from her dad to drop off because he's trying to sell a house. And Tommy runs up. And they start engaging in conversation. Because apparently that night, Lori's going to babysit Tommy. And they pass the house where uh, the Myers house, where Michael Myers was born. And of course, Tommy doesn't want to go up there because he feels it's haunted. And he's warning Lori not to go up there, but... Lori says, I'm just dropping off a key. So Lori just drops off a key. And they go on their merry ways. And they're going to meet later on tonight. Because Lori's got babysitting duty. And of course, as uh, she drops off the key, Michael Myers just looks through the door. Just looks through the door. Has some eerie music. Michael Myers is a scary dude. He's just... He just has that long stare with a mask on. <laughs> Looks like a big dude. I guess he's supposed to be a big dude, isn't he? Isn't he supposed to be a big dude? Michael Myers? Like 6'4 or something? I don't know. Or or was that Jason? But anyway, he watches uh, Lori walk away. 
And then, while Laura is in class, she looks outside and Michael Myers is pretty much just staring at her. Laura notices and she tries to alert the teacher. Then she turns back to the window and Michael's gone. So I guess she thinks she's seeing things or something. Then the next scene, you see Lori and her friend Linda walk from school, and they're discussing what they're going to do after school. Of course, Lori's your, I guess she's your stereotypical cheerleader. You know, she's worried about cheer. She's worried about dancing, her dance routine, worried about getting her hair done, and worried about going to a party. And then up comes their uh, other friend, Anne, or Annie. Very, uh, you might say she has a very, uh, she's kind of a smart-alecky type girl. You know, she dresses nice, but, you know, deep down, you know she's a freak. I've seen those girls before. Right, they dress nice in high school, but deep down, they're really a freak when it comes to sex, anyway. But anyway, they talk about what they're going to do. Apparently, Lori's babysitting, and Anne's going to babysit. And I guess later on, all three of them are going to get together. Michael Myers drives the car, and Anne just says something smart to the car. The car all of a sudden stops. <laughs> and then the car just drives them. The car just drives off. And everybody goes their separate ways, and Michael Myers is still following Lori, just staring at her, hiding behind the hedges and bushes. Lori gets so distracted, she runs into the, to the local cop, startles her. Then she goes up. Then she goes about her merry ways. Even the cop looked kind of, um, kind of creepy. Had that creepy little smile. Like what that makes you wonder, what are you up to, dude? For real? Of course she, of course Lori goes back home. And she lays on the bed. Phone rings. And she says hello, but nobody says anything. Phone rings again, and I think, I think it's either Anne or Linda. Can't remember which one. I think it was, I think it was Anne. I think it was Anne. Because Anne was going to pick her up, and they're going to drop her off. Or she's going to babysit Tommy. I feel bad for I forgot one thing. I really feel bad for Tommy. Because Tommy's <laughs> carrying this pumpkin from school, and the kids are getting on him. And the kids are teasing him about the boogeyman, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, the boogeyman's going to get you. And of course, as he tries to step away, one of the kids stuck their foot out. And poor Tommy, he falls on the pumpkin. The kids laugh, and they run away. Well, they don't laugh and run away. They get kind of startled, and they run away. And Tommy just gets up, dusts himself off, and just... He just looks very defeated. Just walks away and and Michael Myers just follows Tommy. Just follows Tommy. You know, follows him. But I feel bad for Tommy. Because he was looking forward to carving that pumpkin with uh, Lori. <laughs> I know what that's like to break a pumpkin as a kid. You got your heart set on something and something happens and it's all gone. All the hope and all the magic is gone. I'm pretty sure we all been there before. But one thing I did like about this movie, though, I gotta say, I, I do like the the slow burn. I do like the slow burn. It doesn't give it to you all at once. 
I mean, all the good stuff. I mean, a lot of people may find that boring, but I do like the slow burn because you're anticipating when it's going to come, when all the bad stuff is going to come. I mean, all the bad stuff comes at the ending, near the climax toward the ending, but it was worth it. To me, it was worth the wait. Not a big horror movie fan. Like I told B-Show, Brian, I'm a casual movie fan, so I don't go out my way to see horror movies. I do like some horror movies. I'm not big on gore. I can take gore, but not really huge on overly gory. Like Shaheem. Shaheem likes all that stuff. He likes the gore. I mean, he can watch a horror movie and probably eat a bowl of cereal and not flinch. <laughs> I can't do that. I gotta, uh-uh. Might get sick if I watch a lot of gore. But anyway, back to the movie. We see Dexter Loomis and the local cop. Well, actually, actually, we see, I said, I just said Dexter Loomis. Dr. Loomis talks with a colleague of, colleague of his, and he's upset that how did the colleague let Michael Myers go, and why? how come there wasn't more security? And, of course, the colleague puts the blame back on uh, Dr. Loomis about not telling him how dangerous Michael Myers was, but Dr. Loomis did say it was dangerous. And he goes to Illinois because he has an idea where he's going. And he pulls off to the side of the road and he noticed that, uh, I guess he notices a dead body. And he noticed some matches. Those are the same matches that were in the car of the nurse and Dr. Loomis. And he finds them on the ground. And he has a pretty good idea where uh, Michael Myers is going. He thinks he's going back to the, to the old... Michael Myers house his old home and of course we got Anne Anne is I think Anne Annie's waiting for Paul I think that's his name yeah Annie's waiting for Paul and Linda's waiting for Bob and of course Anne and Lori are on the phone Anne is trying to hook up Lori for the, uh, I guess the next day they said it's the homecoming dance, and Anne's trying to hook her up, and Lori's not too eager to go to the dance. But Anne's insisting that, yeah, you have fun at the dance, don't worry about it. <laughs> so while they're talking on the phone, the dog starts barking at Anne, even though it doesn't look like it, it looks like the dog <laughs> is looking at its trainer that's making him bark to make it look like that uh, <laughs> the dog doesn't like Anne. The dog, uh, the dog, the dog walks off. But well, before the dog walks off, we have uh, Anne calling for Lindsay. But Lindsay, she's just, she's just glued to that TV. I mean, she can't take her eyes off the television. So no matter how many times that Anne calls for Lindsay, and Lindsay just says, eh, whatever." Well, she doesn't say anything. She, she's just glued to the television set. <laughs> just glued. She is. I don't know what show she was watching, but she was so focused on the show, focused on the show that didn't pay any mind to Anne. And of course, Anne. I don't know what it was. It looks like she messed up her outfit by. Looks like she splashed water on her outfit or something. And she was looking for a robe, and she pretty much takes off her clothes in the kitchen and takes her clothes all the way out to the garage. Gonna wash her clothes, and somehow she locked herself in locked herself in the garage and I'm at this point in time I'm sitting here thinking, okay, 
this is where Michael Myers is going to come. Because she's the door is locked and Anne is trying to get out. So she gets out. She tries to get out through the window. But she gets somehow she gets stuck in the window. The phone rings and it's Paul. Lindsay answers the phone and she's looking and he's looking for Anne. So Lindsay is Lindsay's looking for Anne. <laughs> Walks all the way to the garage and she see and she sees that Anne is stuck in the window. Anne gets unstuck and Anne want Anne is trying to make Lindsay promise not to tell her that she got stuck in the window. <laughs> Lindsay just walks away. She had that not whatever look, but she had that attitude like, yeah, whatever. So basically, while they're walking back to the house, Paul calls. <laughs> Lindsay picks up the phone. And the first thing, she didn't even say hello. The first thing she, <laughs> Lindsay says is that, yeah, Anne got stuck in the window. <laughs> then walks away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and of course, Paul makes fun of her. They have a... Uh, of course, banter back and forth, sexual banter back and forth about meeting somewhere. Of course, Anne can't go anywhere because her clothes are in the wash. And she pretty much goes right back outside. After she's done talking to Paul, she goes right back outside, walks back to the garage, goes into the car, and out of nowhere, Michael Myers just pops up in the back seat and she starts strangling Anne. At first I had to rewind it and watch it again because I wasn't sure if Anne was getting strangled or she was getting stabbed. It just looks like that Michael Myers just has his, just has his hand on Anne's throat and Anne's frantically trying to get away from Michael Myers but eventually Michael kills Anne. And another thing, I really can't like Michael Myers because he killed a dog. He killed Lindsay's dog. I can't like anyone who kills dogs. So right there, he's an instant villain for me. I can't like Michael Myers. Killed a dog. You can't do that. I know he's disturbed, but you can't kill a dog. So in Michael Myers' mind, that's one down. And I guess Lindsay is left in the car for now. Not Lindsay, I'd say Lindsay, I meant Ann. I'm sorry. That would be some cold, cold-blooded shit if Michael Myers killed that Lindsay, that little girl. But anyway, Michael leaves Ann in the car for now, and Lindsay's still uh, glued to the TV. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention one thing. I think... I think Lindsay, I think Anne and Lori decided to babysit the kids together. Or Anne wanted to go over to, uh, no, let me back up. Paul was supposed to come to the house where Anne was babysitting Lindsay. And she's trying to talk Lindsay to go to the other house where Lori's babysitting Tommy. And they can watch TV together. So her, so Anne and Paul could be alone. To do what teenagers do. Well, we all know what teenagers do. <laughs> then she gets killed by Michael Myers. Man, I'm leaving a big part out of this one. Trying to remember, Bob. Trying to remember off memory. Kind of hard to do. 
even watched a little bit of it before I did this review, but that's all right. So, so far we have one kill, and so far I'm still liking the movie. Still liking Halloween. Like I said, I do like this movie, though. One of those movies. I mean, I don't watch movies twice, but I may have to watch this one twice, because that's how much I liked it. Used to do that. Used to do that as a kid. Used to watch a lot of movies three, four, five, six, seven times. But as I got older, I can't do it. I can watch a movie one time and I'm happy. But this one, yeah, I may have to watch twice again because that's how much I liked it. Oh yeah, I can't forget about Linda, the cheerleader Linda, and her. I guess is that her boyfriend or is that just? Or is that, or is Bob a friend with benefits? I can't remember. But anyway, I think they go to Anne's house and they start, they start making out. And of course, Linda calls Lori to brag about that her and Bob were just making out. And then they go upstairs and they finish their little sexual escapade. Of some sorts. Lori. I'm not Lori. My goodness. Getting my L's confused. Linda asks for a beer. Bob goes downstairs. And he hears noises. The doors are open. And he thinks it's Paul. Playing tricks on him. He opens the cupboard. And out pops Michael Myers. And literally stabs. Bob right in the stomach. Either stomach or chest. But anyway. <laughs> it looks like that. Basically, Michael picks up Bob by the neck, then stabs him in the stomach. I mean, stabs him so hard, he's stuck there. Literally stuck on the door, stuck on the wall. And as Bob is sitting there dangling and dying, you see Michael do, do his famous head tilt and just look at him. While all the while, you see Linda upstairs. And you see Michael Meyer in a bed sheet. He cut eye holes out and has Bob's glasses on and he's wearing them. I'm thinking, oh man, this is... Usually that's funny, but after what Michael did, it's getting little... I can't say a little. It got a lot disturbing. Because you know who it is under that sheet. So basically, Lori kept... Or Lori. I keep saying Lori, my goodness. Linda kept asking Michael Myers who she thinks is Bob, where's my beer, where's my beer? And of course, Michael's not answering. He's not talking because according to Loomis, he hasn't talked in 15 years. So he remains mute. So she decides to call Ann. My God, Ann's already dead. No, she decides to call Lori. And just as Lori picks up the phone, Michael Myers uses the phone cord and pretty much just strangles her. Just strangles Linda, and that's the end of that, and she's gone. And of course, all the while, while she's while Lori's on the phone, she feels that Anne is playing and is playing tricks on her. So all the while, Anne decides to. Anne, I'm sorry, my gosh, getting all these girls confused again. Lori decides to go to the house, Anne's house, I believe, or Anne's. Not, or Lindsay's house. Let's say Lindsay's house. Little girl's house. 
And she goes inside and she's looking for Anne. She's calling for Anne. She's calling for Linda. I think she calls for Bob and she can't find them. And this is where it starts getting really interesting. It starts getting really, really scary. She goes upstairs and she sees a tombstone. She sees a tombstone that Michael Myers brought up and Anne is spread on the bed. And you can see where her throat got slit. And Anne, or Anne, Anne's already dead, like I said, on the bed. And Laura's already freaked out. And she backs up, and then the door opens. And you see Paul just swinging, not Paul, but you see Bob swinging back and forth. That was pretty scary. Then the cupboard opens, and you see Linda. That was stuffed in there. And she's freaked out by that. So Lori is so startled, she backs herself against the wall. But on her left I think, is my, her light, is it her left or my left? Anyway, on the, on the left, there's like an open door. And you see Michael Myers' face. I'm, and of course, it's about to go down. So Laura takes a few steps forward and Michael Myers stabs Laurie in the arm and the force I guess and I guess the force of Michael Myers made Laurie fall over the banister and down the steps. As she recovered, she's trying she's frantically trying to get out of the house of this one door, but I guess Michael put a, a rake on the outside of the door that Lori couldn't get out. <laughs> Eventually, Lori just breaks the glass and, un and unlocks the side door and just leaves. And she tries and she tries to run to the neighbor's house. She wakes up the neighbor. The neighbor turns on the light. And I guess the neighbor saw Lori frantically trying to seek help. <laughs> but for some reason, the neighbor just turns off the light yeah, turns off the light like nothing happened. I guess the neighbor thought that this is one of those crazy kids. Now, after after the neighbor does that, I'm thinking, why can't Michael Myers kill that neighbor? I mean, my gosh. Apparently, she's frantic for a reason. I don't think you're. I don't think somebody would joke about that. If they do, there's something really wrong with that person. But man, I said, come on, Michael, just just kill the neighbor for just just for that. Just leaving poor Lori out to dry. And this is my favorite scene of the movie. Where I guess Lori dropped the key as she fell over the banister. And she's banging on the door trying to wake up Tommy. And you could see Michael Myers slowly, I mean, slowly walking towards Lori. And Lori's frantically banging on the door yelling at Tommy. She throws a pot of plant out the window. Tommy wakes up. You know, Tommy opened the door and you know, of course, Tommy is half sleeping, half awake. And he's taking his sweet time because he doesn't know the danger that Lori is in. And as he's taking his sweet time, you see Michael Myers inching closer and closer and closer. And Lori is screaming, louder but eventually 
Tommy opens the door and lets Lori in and Lori shuts the door and tells the kids to go upstairs and hide. Because, okay, all movie along, I told you earlier that the kids that were making fun of uh, Tommy about the boogeyman and there are certain scenes that he looks out the window and he thinks he sees the boogeyman and he tries to get Lori's attention while Lori was on the phone with Ann. But when Ann looks out the window, Michael Myers, a.k.a. the boogeyman, is no longer there. And then there's another scene where Tom is trying to scare Lindsay, but he spooks himself out because he sees the boogeyman again. And, of course, Lindsay takes a look at it and Lori takes a look at it again. No Michael Myers. Michael's gone. And, of course, Lori thinks that maybe Tommy's seen things. You know what? There's a lot of characters with L's in their name. You got Lori, you got Linda, you got Lindsay. A lot of L's. But anyway. Like I said, Lori makes sure the kids are upstairs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis, let me go back a little bit. Dr. Loomis is trying to tell the local cop that Michael Myers is dangerous. He's on the loose. So he feels that Michael Myers is going to show up at the old household. And that's where Dr. Loomis decides to wait for him. But somehow the cop is not, I'm not sure he's not interested or he doesn't believe in Dr. Loomis. But for the doctor, he decides to stick around, but eventually he decides to go elsewhere to make sure everything's all right, make sure there's Michael Myers is not around. And eventually he feels that if Michael Myers is so dangerous, then it, I think he says something that if Michael Myers does something, this is on this is going to be on his conscience because the uh, local police officer blames Dr. Loomis for legging, getting loose. Getting, getting loose. But back to Lori and Michael. So basically, Lori is trying to hide from Michael. Michael eventually breaks into the house, chases Lori upstairs. Lori locks herself in the closet. But Michael's so strong, he pretty much breaks through the closet. While Michael Myers was desperately trying to break into the closet, you see Lori get a coat hanger, sharpens it up, try to straighten it out, and stabs Michael. Michael drops the knife, and Michael Myers, not Michael, but Lori, a.k.a. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis, grabs the knife and just, in an upward motion, it looks like he stabs Michael Underneath the chin or in the neck, I'm not sure. And of course, Michael falls to the floor and Lori lets herself out. And she's taking a minute to compose herself. And we see Michael Myers do the Undertaker sit-up. Which was interesting. I wonder if that's where the Undertaker, a.k.a. Mark Calloway, got that from. The Undertaker sit-up. So basically, Michael Myers sits up and attacks Lori once more. And in the nick of time, 
Well, actually, Lori kind of rips off his Michael Myers' mask. And you get a, a shot of Michael Myers, and he just looks like a... Just looks like an ordinary dude. He puts the mask back on. Then he tries to go back after Lori. Just in the nick of time, well... He puts the mask back on, and he tries to strangle Lori. And just in the nick of time, you see Dr. Loomis go up the steps... And shoots Michael Myers six times. And Michael Myers falls out of the window. Second floor, I guess, second story house. And you see Dr. Loomis just stand there and stares at Michael while Michael lays there. And Lori says something. Is that the boogeyman? He said, yes, that's the boogeyman. And then Dr. Loomis turns back to see the body of Michael Myers but magically Michael Myers is gone he has simply vanished Michael Myers got stabbed he got shot six times man he'd be great in uh, AEW <laughs> if you know what I mean because he doesn't sell anything doesn't sell getting stabbed doesn't sell getting shot yeah, just like most of the people in AEW when they take Canadian Destroyers and they bounce right back up instead of selling. He'd be great in this day and age. Or be like The Undertaker and Perrius to pain. But I do like that spot where the moment Michael Myers disappears after Dexter Loomis, Dexter, my God, Dexter fucking Loomis, Dr. Loomis, excuse me. I don't know why I got Dexter Loomis on the brain. It's Dr. Loomis. After he looks back and tries to find Michael Myers, Michael is gone, like I said earlier. And that's when the Halloween movie starts, and they go back to Lori, who's crying, and that ends the movie. And I'm thinking, damn, it ends like that? I mean, obviously it's a continuation, but you're thinking, oh shit. Dr. Loomis is probably thinking, damn, I shot this dude six freaking times, and now he's gone. So I guess we'll see him in Halloween 2, which I have not seen. And I guess we'll get a better explanation why Michael killed his sister or why he detests his sister so much. So no spoilers. I may have to watch that one. But just like Bishop Brian, this month has been so busy. I hope I have time to watch all these movies because when I get home from work, I'm pretty much tired. I mean, dead tired, just fall asleep tired. But yeah, I finally watched the 1978 Michael Meyer Halloween movie. I liked it. I did. I liked it a lot. Thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Excited about watching Halloween 2, Halloween 3, which is, of course, Halloween 3, which is apparently, I was told, is a different, uh, different storyline. Deals with the shamrock industry that I know about. But yeah, I like the movie. Like the movie. Might do a continuation of it. Not sure which I should watch first and review that one. Maybe I should review Halloween 2 or should I review Candyman or should I review A Nightmare on Elm Street since I haven't seen those movies. Like I said, which is weird. I've seen The Nightmare on Elm Street. There goes the computer again. Wake up, laptop. Like I said, I've seen The Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and 3. Never seen the first one for whatever reason. And speaking of Halloween, maybe I didn't see Halloween because they never really showed it on 
HBO or the Movies Channel. See, that's what we had back then when we had cable back in the day. You either had HBO, you had the Movie Channel, you had Cinemax, you had Showtime. You had one of those channels. Sometimes I was fortunate to have two of those. So maybe they showed Halloween on Cinemax or Showtime. Because every time they would show a Halloween movie, it was always Halloween 3. They rarely showed Halloween 2. And they never showed Halloween 1. Unless they put it on real late. And at that time I was a little kid. And my mom wouldn't let me watch horror movies. I would, I would always have to sneak down and watch them. Even though some of those, even though some of those horror movies made me traumatized. Until I got older and learned how to appreciate them. Such as Creep Show and Alien. Never forgot that one. First time watching the chest buster come out of people's chest. Scared the living shit out of me. Oh, God. I remember being traumatized as a kid after watching that one. But now I love it. Same with Creep Show, the very first Creep Show. About Mr. Pratt and his uh, cockroach problem. That one freaked me out, too, because he didn't like bugs. And eventually his apartment was uh, infested with cockroaches. And in the end, the cockroaches killed him. But now that I'm older and I understand it, ah, I see what, uh, I see what this whole cockroach thing is about. I'll talk about that later, though. But anyway, like I said, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed Halloween. Hope to do more of these reviews in the future. Not sure which movie I should watch next though. Maybe I'll just keep up. Maybe I'll just keep on the same format and do Halloween 2 next. Since I already seen the first one. And I'm kind of eager to see what's going to happen in Halloween 2. I was told I should watch the 1978 Halloween movie. And then watch the, the new Halloween movie which was, what was it, last year? Was it last year? Or was it the year before? Anyway. I was told to watch that one. Then watch the new Halloween movie. I am not sure I want to watch a new Halloween movie. I don't know. I don't know. Call me old school, but I prefer the classics. Even though, I, even though they probably play the old Halloween theme song. It's a great theme song, but I like the Psycho one better. You know, the Psycho, Psycho 2 with Anthony Perkins. Then it got ridiculous when they made Psycho 3. But yeah, I like the Psycho theme song better than Halloween. But anyway, that's my review. Really enjoyed the movie, like I said. Really liked it. So, until next time, I'm not sure when I'll get around to watching the, uh, the movies because this month is so busy. You know, I always tell myself, do I have to watch these during the month of October? Can I watch it after October and then do a review on it? But since this is the spirit of Halloween and this is October, it just feels better to watch horror movies during Halloween season, during the month of October. Because I like to watch everything in October. I like to watch specials. I like to watch cartoons. Charlie Brown Halloween, <laughs> Garfield Halloween, Beetlejuice cartoons, even Beetlejuice the movie. 
Now that I think about it, speaking of movies I never watch, A Nightmare Before Christmas, is that considered a Halloween movie, Halloween movie, or a Christmas movie? I never seen that either. And is that worth watching? I mean, I've seen all the characters and the toys in the store, and you see all the figures around Halloween. I'm just wondering, is that really worth watching? But anyway, until next time, have a safe night, enjoy yourself, and Pierce.